0: Welcome to the Landmark Church Weekly Podcast. Are you ready to hear the word of the Lord today? Amen. We are what is called a call and response church. That means you're allowed to speak out loud while I'm preaching, as long as it kind of fits with the sermon. You can say amen, hallelujah, preach it, white boy, something like that if you need to. But... uh Amen. Genesis chapter 22. We're in a series called Deeper, and God has called us to follow him in deeper ways, and I want to talk to you today about deeper faith, deeper faith. Genesis 22, very familiar story. We're going to read the first 14 verses together. Now, it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham, and he said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, And offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to this young man, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father, and he said, here I am, son. Then he said, look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place which God had told him and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order and he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood and Abraham stretched out his hand and he took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he, so he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or anything for him or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horn. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that your word is alive, that your word is with us, that your word is challenging us. And Father, right now, there's those that walked in here and Father, they just need to leave encouraged they need to leave today knowing there's hope, and I just pray today that you will infuse us with a spirit of hope today, that we leave here knowing that God is for us and not against us. And Lord, we just thank you for your, the faith you have in us, and Father, our faith in you. Help us to learn to live by faith. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit, and all God's people together said, amen. amen. Look at your neighbor and say, deeper faith, and you may be seated. Anybody here remember driving with the MapQuest instructions you would print off and sit beside you and you would go somewhere and you would read these instructions? Some of you remember the old maps, you know, you got out, but I I literally have this thought. Maybe it's because I'm getting older, but I cannot remember what it was like going somewhere where we did not have a map to tell us. I'm thinking like how do we ever know where to go? Like I don't I really can't remember how do we even know where we were supposed to go without these things? But you know we always talk about distracted driving with phones, but can you imagine picking up that paper and reading that small font while you're driving and it would say things like Turn left here, and then in 0.4 miles, you're going to make a right. And I'm not good with that kind of stuff. And so I would literally burn brakes, burn my brakes up because I would stop at every intersection, even with green lights, trying to see is this 0.4 miles? Is this the right one? I mean, I'm trying my best, just looking. Oh, it's finally here, and you turn. I am so glad that that lady speaks to me now and says, in 700 feet, you are going to turn right. I mean, I, I have it on my watch, and my watch will vibrate on my wrist, and I know it is time for me to prepare to turn. I love that. Can you imagine Abraham? Because this is not his first rodeo. Abraham, there was a time his name was Abram. And when he's Abram, God speaks to him. And he says, Abram, I want you to get up and I want you to leave your father's house. And I want you to go to a place. And you have no idea where you're going. You've never been there. And I, by the way, I'll tell you when you get there. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine Abram leaving with his family and all these things, all these people. And they're asking him the whole time, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we?" There? He can't even say we're going to turn right and point four miles. He's like, I have no idea. I'm just going where God has called me to go. And now Abraham is given his biggest Abraham, and he says, here I am, Lord, and he says, take your son. It's funny, he says, your only son. The truth is, he had Ishmael, but this is the son of promise. This is the one he had waited on. And he says, take now your son, Isaac, the one you love, and go and sacrifice. Go to the mountain and sacrifice him. And Abraham gets up. Listen, there is something about having a faith. Because Abraham, the Bible says, believed God. And it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Abraham is the father of the faith. Why? Because Abraham knew what it was to have faith in God. Because I believe the greatest thing is this. If you want deeper faith, you've got to have deeper trust trust. If you want to have deeper faith, then you've got to learn to trust God. And it's easy to trust when I can see it. It's easy to trust when it's laid out. But what if I'm I'm called to do something that I have no idea I've never done? Or something that is difficult. Something that is painful. Something that causes a sacrifice. And here is Abraham, and he's learning to trust. He's learning to trust the Lord. He's learning to trust that voice. He's heard that voice before. He's heard that voice tell him what to do. And he obeys and that voice led him the right way jesus said it this way he said the sheep know my voice and another they will not follow when you are following the voice of the lord he will lead you we used to sing where he leads me i will follow why because he follows us he calls us to go and we follow down the right path amen it's learning to trust there was a young man that was In 1983, he was a group of about uh, several young people that were called by this organization to go into the jungles of Brazil and to be the first missionaries to go to these places ever. And they were to spend several months in this village. They had so much money they had in their pocket and they, they had set it aside for food and shelter, and they, they didn't know where they were going to live, how they were going to pay, but they had so much money in their pocket to go and do that, and they get on a boat, and they go as far as they can on the Amazon River at this point, in this one boat, and the, the captain of the boat says, you're going to have to get off, and you're going to have to find another boat to take you up, and it's going to cost you money, and they're looking at each other like, all the money we have is for our shelter, where we're going to live is for our food, all we have is a little bit of food here, a little bit of supplies, what are we going to do? And they find the smallest boat they can, and they ask the captain, how much money will it cost for us, for you to take us up the river? And he tells them the price, and it's the exact amount of money they had been saving for all of these things. And this young man's leading the group because he knew a little bit of the language where they were going and he was the leader and he's thinking, Lord, what do I do? All these people, their life is in my hands. What am I supposed to do? What do we do? And he was reminded in Matthew where Jesus tells the rich young ruler, go and sell all you have. And in that moment, he he feels like the Lord is saying, just give it away. Do what you got to do. And so he goes to this captain. He pays the money. They go as far as this boat can go and they get off. They see a man with a large canoe that can hold all of them and their supplies. And the man says, I'll take you up the river to where you need to go for free they get off and these people have never seen they get off the boat the canoe and they're on the land and he yells out in this language he didn't know very well are you is it you is it you just realizing if we're in the village we're supposed to be in these people will know the language and somebody will respond and a lady yells from a hut here I am it is I and so they go and they begin to talk to this lady they sit down on the floor which is customary and they have this great conversation and then finally she says what are you here for And he tells them, we are missionaries, and we're here to tell you about Jesus, the Son of God. And all of a sudden, she has this puzzled look on her face, and she begins to yell for her grandson. And she yells for him to come in, and she says, take them to their home. And this man says, our home, what do you mean? And she said, two summers ago we were listening to the radio and we heard somebody say on there, there was this man named Jesus, the Son of God that loved us and wanted to take care of us and care for us. And she said, I thought if he was going to take care of us, he would send somebody. So two summers ago, me and my grandson built a hut for the people that would come to teach us about this man that would take care of us. And for six months, they lived in a hut for free. They had a abundance of fish, they had flour given them to make bread, they had an abundance of fruits and vegetables, they didn't spend a penny on food, on shelter they were taken care of because this person, this lady had heard the voice of God who didn't even really know God and she builds a hut and now these people show up later on that are listening to the voice of God and they show up and because these people were trusting, all of a sudden things fell into place if you are going to have a deep faith in God, you've got to learn to trust him you've got to learn to hear that voice and say even when it doesn't make sense I am going to walk by faith and not by sight and I will step out on the impossible believing you are with me and that you are going to help me get through this amen Listen, the truth is all of us have this moment in our life. I think it's natural. We feel guilty if we have unbelief, but the truth is this. The Bible says that we are all given a measure of faith. Every one of us have faith, but our faith needs to grow. Even the apostles looked at Jesus and said, Lord, increase our faith. But listen, don't feel guilty. You have a measure of faith. And the Bible says if faith—if you have the faith of a mustard seed, if you have a small faith, God can work with it. But God wants to grow your faith to greater things but one of my favorite stories about this is the man when jesus comes down for the Mount of transfiguration there's a father there whose son is throwing himself in the fire and he's rolling around everyone he's demon possessed and the father looks at jesus and says, i tried to ask your disciples to help me and they couldn't do it can you take care, help my son and jesus talks about his disciples but eventually he looks at the father and he says if you believe anything is possible And the father says this, I love this. He says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Have you ever been to that place? Lord, I believe. But I've got a little bit of unbelief. But Jesus didn't say, Well, you got some unbelief. Get out of here. You can't do it. No, Jesus didn't say that to him. He said, I believe. Lord, help my unbelief. And the truth is, it's God works with us. You may say, Lord, I believe. I'm trusting you. But to be honest with you, I don't see what's going to happen. I got some unbelief in here. And Jesus says, You know what? Just follow me. Your unbelief and all, because I can use all of it for my glory. If you will follow me and come after me, I'm not kicking you out because you got some unbelief in you. If you you have enough faith to just trust me if you'll get out then I will I will be with you and I can make the impossible possible in your life amen because God I said this last week but God didn't promise us that our life would be totally different than everybody in the sense that our bank account looks like other people sometimes and sometimes it's not the best There are times we don't feel well like other people. There are times that that our loved ones pass away like other people. But here's what he did promise us. Not that our life would be different in the sense that it would be different from everybody else's, but that we could live differently in this life. We are in the world, but not of the world. And we stand at the grave of a loved one that's passed away, but we stand there with hope because we know this is not the end. We look at our bank account, and we know we have been faithful to tithe, we've been faithful to budget, and we know God's going to help us. And in that moment, he comes through and he makes a way where there seems to be no way. We look at our resume and say Lord I've done everything I can and God says I'll give you a job I'll help you. Guess what? We are people that can live differently because we have faith to believe that God is at work in our life and in our situation. Amen? I love Abraham when he says to the two servants him and Isaac are walking along and he says me and the lad are going to worship and we will return. We're going to return. Well, Abraham, that don't make any sense. Because God's told you to sacrifice your son. And Abraham, I don't know if you've ever seen those Old Testament sacrifices. Those animals on there don't come out very good. The whole burnt offering thing doesn't work very well for humans. But here's the reason. Look at Hebrews chapter 11. Here's what it says about Abraham. Hebrews 11, verse 17 says, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called. Concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead. From which he also received him in a figurative sense. In other words Abraham was dead. He could not naturally have kids. And Sarah's womb was dead. But so figuratively he received Isaac back from the dead. And here's what Abraham was saying. Lord I don't know how you're going to do it. Even if I kill him you have the power to raise him up. And so I know you're not done in this situation. You are my God. You have come through for me time and time and time and time again. You are a God of your word and so I'm going to trust you. If that means sacrificing my son you can bring it back to life and listen some of you need to realize you might sacrifice some dreams but God can bring them back to life you may sacrifice some things in your life but God is a God of resurrection and he can bring back to life even what you have given him but Abraham says no matter what happens I know I'm coming back with my boy because God has promised me and he's a God of his word (laughs) Abraham had that personal relationship where he knows he's my God Every morning, I, I have this routine where I wake up Benjamin, or I get up, ben, I don't wake up Benjamin, I try my best not to wake up Benjamin. Let him sleep as long as he can. I get Benjamin out of his crib. And when I go in there to get him, he stands up on the side of his crib, and for a long time, he would say, Dada, Dada, Dada's here, Dada, Dada. So I would go pick him up. A few weeks ago, he said something, and when he said it, I had to stop and listen and man, I'm telling you something, as a father, my head, I got a big head anyway, but it swelled eight times, literally, not, not figuratively. But my head swelled about 10 times. He looked at me and he said, My dad, My dad, dad. And I walked in the next day and he said, My dad, My dad, dad. He wasn't saying that's just anybody's dad, dad. That's my dad, dad picking me up. That's my dad dad that's getting me out of this crib. That's my dad dad that's going to give me some cuh, as he calls it, his milk. He'll say, cuh in there, cuh in there. Because he knows dad dad's going to give him some milk. That means going to Brahms the night before, late at night, and accidentally getting myself some ice cream while I'm there. Then dad dad's going to do it. But he knows dad dad is going to come through, and that's my dad dad. And when you understand he's not just any god, he's my god. Jesus said, pray our Father who art in heaven. I'm not just praying to any God. I'm, he's my God. That's why Jesus tells Mar- Mar- Martha when she's there at the tomb, he's, or, or excuse me, Mary, when she's there at the tomb, and he says, Mary, and she says, "Rabboni," he says, don't touch me. i have not gone." But he said, I am going to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. He's saying, because I made a way, Mary, because I came and I died, I'm making it personal. He's not just any God. He's your God. And when you realize he's my dad, dad, God will come through. God will make a way. God will do the impossible. And even when it doesn't make sense, God is going to work things together for my good because he is my dad and he is at work and I can have faith to trust him because God is working in me and through me. Amen. Notice where they're headed. They're headed to Mariah. Mount Mariah. If you study that word, here's what Mariah means and I love this. It means God is my God is my teacher. Abraham is going to a place where he is learning about God. He is learning. God has already been teaching him and now the test is not just to teach him more. It is that, but it's also to see Abraham, how far have you come? Abraham, where have you come? Let me give you a test. We got some teachers in the room and you understand teachers don't give tests to teach the students. You give tests to gauge where they are at. It is not for them to learn from that as far as something they don't know. Hopefully they know it before they take the test. It is them for them to grow in that moment because what they don't know, they can study and they grow. Guess what happened? God gives us tests and it's not just to teach us even though it does, it is to see where we are at along the way and that helps us to say okay God, I failed in this area but you're going to help me. I I tried, I I messed up and I failed but you're a God of grace and mercy and God says next time around you're not going to fail, you're going to make it in this area because now you are learning and you are growing. God is our teacher and I want you to know we go through difficult times, but God is teaching us, and he's training us to listen to his voice. He is teaching us and training us to follow him, to realize he is our teacher, and we can go after him. We can trust his voice. Amen? They get up there, and the Bible says he binds Isaac. It's interesting, because even though he says lad in the, in the, in the story, the truth is most people would say that Isaac is a teenager or older. Some people believe as old as 30 years old. And so here is Isaac who could easily overpower a 100-year-old Abraham. Maybe because they lived longer, they were stronger at 100 years old, but I don't know. But I got a feeling that this young man could overpower his daddy. But the Bible, if you understand the Bible, that there are many in the Old Testament types and shadows of Christ. It is foreshadowing what Christ is going to do. And Isaac is a type and a shadow of Christ. The Bible says that Jesus laid down his life, that like a sheep going to slaughter, he opened not his mouth, he allowed himself to be sacrificed. And here is Isaac who allows himself to be bound by his dad, he allows himself to be put on the altar, and in the same way, we have to be willing to sacrifice things. We have to be willing to allow some things to die in our life from time to time, but here is Abraham, and he grabs out his knife, and he begins, and I can imagine, he's thinking, Lord, how are you going to do it? What are you going to do? Lord, I don't understand this. Listen, if we're honest today, this is a weird story. Who in the world goes and kills your son that you love? But you have to understand the bigger picture of what is happening. Abraham stands there, and he's got the knife up, and he's thinking, this doesn't make sense. I don't know what's going to happen. But here's the thing. The Bible says God knows the intentions of our heart. And do you realize, even though Abraham did not slay his son physically in his heart, he had already done it in a good sense. That God knew he could trust him because in his heart, Abraham had already said, I will do it. And in that moment, he holds up the knife. He's already said, Lord, I'm willing to do whatever you ask me to do. And he's about to plunge that knife down into his son when the angel from heaven speaks. And he says, Abraham, hold thy hand. And all of a sudden, Abraham puts the knife down and he looks over and there's a ram caught in a thicket. And I've preached this before because I love this. But the Bible, if you understand rams, not the Bible, if you understand rams in general, where they're at on Mount Moriah, rams aren't supposed to be able to go. They can't go that high. And rams have horns. I've been able to go to the Colorado Rocky Mountains many times. My mom's from Denver, so we'd drive up into the mountains, and you see, mountain, see these rams along the mountain. They have horns. They have horns that are like this curled. Why? Because God created them to be able to get through thickets and brush without getting caught up. They can go in places and those horns are there and they do not get caught up because of the shape of their horns, but here is a ram not supposed to be there, caught in a thicket, and a thing is supposed to be able to escape, and God says there's the sacrifice, and Abraham grabs that, and he puts it on the altar, and they sacrifice, and he calls the name of the place Jehovah-Jireh. We grew up singing the song Jehovah-Jireh, and listen, I always grew up thinking it meant God will provide, which is true, but here's what it really means, God has already provided. God has already made a way. That God has already put it there even before I get there. And walking by faith and trusting God, having a deeper faith, is saying, Lord, even before I get there, you've already made a way. You've already made provisions. You've already prepared what I needed before I ever knew I needed it. The ram is there, and all of a sudden he puts it there, and he says, this is Jehovah Jireh. God has provided everything that I need. That is what it means to walk by faith, that God is teaching me. He's helping me learn to trust his voice, he's helped me realize he is with me. And as my faith deepens, all of a sudden, the next time he asks me, notice what Abraham says, here I am. Here I am. Why? Because he knows that voice. And he knows that voice means good for me. That voice means good in my life. Will the worship team join me? I'm almost done. What God is trying to teach us is this. I believe right now in our world, we have to have faith for our generation like never before. You realize other generations have had to have faith for all kinds of things as well. There was generations when War II is going on and the rations at home aren't what they need to be. The depression. There There was generations before us that had to trust God in that moment for what was happening. And this is our generation to do that. I told somebody the other day, a couple I was visiting here in town, I said, I don't, I don't like the fact that I can tell my kids I lived through a pandemic. I, don't, I wish I didn't have to say that. But the truth is this. I believe through this, once again, God can work things together for our good. Doesn't mean he caused it. It doesn't mean it's good. But I believe that through this, God is teaching us to trust him, to lean on him. Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path God is teaching us to trust him and to go after him to realize that deeper faith means lord i'm going to follow you it may not be my dreams may not be what i want but i'm going to follow you above everything else and as i follow you lord you have good things in store for me right now some of you may be going through a storm you may be going through something where you can't see right in front of you but you can trust that the good shepherd is leading you that the good shepherd is guiding you along still waters that he's taking you to greener pastures it may seem like right now you know it's brown outside this grass but you know what one soon enough It's going to green up, and we're going to have some green grass. And right now in life, you may be in a season where the grass is brown, and it's dead, and you feel like, what is going on? But we serve the good shepherd. He's taking you through this, but he's taking you to green pastures. He's taking you along the waters that are going to satisfy your soul, but you've got to trust him. You've got to follow. You've got to say, okay, Lord, does not make sense? But I'm going to go after you, and you know what? You can make a way where it doesn't make sense. I'm coming back, and I'm coming back with my promise. I'm not giving up on my promise. I'm coming back on the promise you have given me that you're with me. Will you stand to your feet? This podcast is now over. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on future messages.